Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Do you have an unexpected story to tell or know someone who does? We'd love to have you on the pod. Please apply at please don't tell anyone pod at gmail.com or follow our application link in bio of our Instagram, please don't tell anyone pod or TikTok account. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go and blind to all my interviews so that I can hear the story firsthand just like you. What's your secret? Uh, my secret is that I have some, I guess it's, it's an eating disorder called ARFID. That's an acronym. I don't remember what it stands for. It used to be called selective eating disorder. I have like a list of maybe 20 to 25 foods that I can eat. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I get like an auto gag response. It's been like that since I was a little kid. And I only found out it was like a real thing uh, like a few years ago. How and much be- that affected you? Uh, I avoid meals with people. I, I carried a lot of like guilt and shame about it. Yeah. For a long time, I was just like, oh, like, I'm a weirdo. I used to uh, get really anxious as a little kid because I'd be like, one day I'm going to have a girlfriend and I'm going to have to go over to her house for dinner and I'm going to have like a panic attack and food goes out. Is it a list that like you select in your brain or that your body literally has my body to? Wow. Has, well, no, it's all like in my head, okay. you know, it's not like, um, but not like you're allergic. Yeah, it's not allergic. And it's not like serious, you know? It's not like uh, my life is at risk. Yeah. But it's, it, it carries a sort of like shame that's hard to explain. Jason, you are the first guest that I'm having from, that I've gained from this What's Your Secret series. So just background mm-hmm. for you. And uh, a lot of my listeners, a lot of my listeners for the last year will know this, but I'm sure we have a ton of new listeners specifically to be here to hear your episode. Um, but this podcast, usually I go in blind to my interviews. People have submitted from around the country. I usually just get like a one blurb submission and I go off that. I read their submission and we go into it. About a month ago, I started this What's Your Secret series where I'm going around New York or wherever I am at the time. But in your case, it was Washington Square Park. And I go up to people and I say, hey, do you want to be on a TikTok show? And they either say yes or no. I would say I ask 50 people each day and Mm. 10 say yes and five have a worthy secret. Mm. But for you, I remember I was at the end of my day and I saw you and I knew you from somewhere. At first it didn't click. I got to be honest with you. Like it didn't click. And I was like, where do I know this guy from? (laughs) But I was already in the act of being like, hey, do you want to be on a TikTok show? Yeah, um, yeah. And then and then it clicked that uh, you worked at the institution where I went to college. Mm. What's kind of ironic in all this is I've always associated you with food because you would have snacks. And <laughs> yes. so me and my best friend Talia, we would come to you for snacks. Yeah. And because at your desk, you would have snacks. So I was like, oh, it's the snack guy. Yeah. And then. <laughs> And then I said, do you want to be on the show? And uh, I, I, I usually give people examples on the range of what people say. And then when I say, okay, what's your secret? I never know what's going to come out of their mouth. And sometimes they're really silly and sometimes they're incredibly deep. And I, you know, I was shocked when you said yours. And I guess your, what's your secret slash submission to this podcast would be you have an eating disorder called ARFID, correct? ARFID, yes. ARFID. And I have never seen one of these videos, one of these What's Your Secret videos, go viral as fast as yours. Like, within 24 hours, I don't even know what it was at. But I, I want to hear your side of this. Like, what made you be so honest in answering the question? What made you decide to do this podcast? And what was it like seeing yourself go viral? Because I take it you haven't gone viral before. No. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess, uh, well, I recognized you when you came up to me. Um, because I mean, lots of people would come up for snacks. You were always, like, funny. Like, you, you like, 
hung out. I'm like, we, we, we would talk and make small talk. And it was nice, not yeah. annoying. Like, sometimes it is with other mm-hmm. people. Um, and so I recognized you. You came up, so I automatically was just, I don't know, feeling more casual, I guess. And you asked me about the secrets, did, did the whole yeah. spiel. And you really got me because I was trying to think of one. I was like, I know this person. They're doing their, their thing. I'm going to, yeah, like, I'll I'll help them out. I'll be on their thing. Like, you know, let's make content. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't think, well, I, could, I immediately thought of Arfid. But I didn't say it out loud. And I was thinking, I was like, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something, like, funny or, like, <laughs> more interesting or something. And then mm-hmm. you stop me. You're like, what, what are you thinking about right now? Is there something that you're thinking about but you're not going to say and I, I just felt like a deer in headlights I was like yeah yeah there is I guess I'll just go with that and uh, I told you about it I couldn't remember the name um, because when I found out about it it was called selective eating disorder uh, in the past few years one of the most recent DSM came out they renamed it um, ARFID which is still like auto restrictive food intake disorder i think um yeah i mean people knew it right away in the comments that was the craziest part to me i guess my uh experience of going viral was uh just immediate regret (laughs) panic (laughs) i don't like uh yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't even like people, like, taking photos of me, really. Like, I, I just have always been very um, uncomfortable with attention on me. Uh, like, I don't, I, you know, just, I immediately don't I know really what to do with my arms. <laughs> oh, look at that guy, so cute. I was fully expecting to get a text from you being like, hey, would you mind taking this down? Because I've gotten that before. Like, I literally yeah. did one last week where I posted it, and I didn't even know the guy. And he found me on all social platforms, TikTok, Instagram, yeah. all my accounts, and was just like, take this down, take this down, take this down. Yeah. And I did, because at the end of the day, it's like, as I said to you before we started, like, I'm not trying to fuck anyone over. But yeah, yeah. I also see it as, like, people doing this are kind of consenting to do it. Um, yeah. But I understand regret. Um, and I would have taken it down if you messaged me, but you didn't. And why Mm -hmm. didn't you? Um, well, I found out like later at night, like kind of before bed, I think. And I immediately was like, shit. And told my girlfriend and we were like laughing because like, that's (laughs) like just the last thing I kind of want to happen to me. Um, but you know, it was also funny that the last thing I'd want to happen to me happened. Um, so I was like, whatever, I'm going to go to bed. And then the next day, I was like nervous, like fine. I, I didn't think about take, asking to take it down, really, because I don't know, it just didn't pop into my head. Like, I agreed to it, and uh, it was doing well and oh, getting so attention to your channel and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to, like, revoke this on her. Um, and then once I... Well, I wasn't going to read any comments. Um, and eventually I did because you and some other people said they're really nice. Reading the comments, the thing that really got me was uh, like parents with kids who, who were like, I think, you know, whatever it was, my son's 20, my, my daughter's 12, my son's like four, like whatever. Uh, all stages of life, people talking about their kids and saying like, I think they might have this like this explains a lot or somebody saying uh oh i used to kind of be a dick to my son about his picky eating and now you know i I saw this tiktok and and i'm not gonna do that anymore uh so i figured it'd be good to talk about it um you know i i could really relate to that like people talking about feeling like isolated or just feeling a lot of distress about it uh, I, I know that exact feeling, and I knew when I found out there was there was a name for it, and I found out it wasn't just me, how big a deal that was for me. Um, so I figured if if people are are listening uh, and have this, it's it'd be good to to help them also get a light bulb moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, those were the the ones that hit me. The parents really hit me, but also the ones that were like holy shit, this is me, or, like, I I feel seen for the first time. 
like yeah. the people directly who were having that aha moment because in your in your what's your secret video i mean you can feel the like shame and isolation that you felt around it and that was the first time i had heard of it too so even yeah. standing there i was like wow this must be really isolating and then to have this go so viral i mean checking on it right now let's see it's at 1.3 million views it's been five days 104,000.8 likes and 2,000 comments Damn. i mean and 4,223 saves and 4,990 shares so it's crazy to go from thinking that this thing was so isolated to wow this is yeah. bigger than it felt bigger than you it felt bigger than us it felt bigger than this podcast and that's why i was so glad that you agreed to do this because i know that people are tuning in just to hear your story i mean i guess i should say like i'm literally just some guy um i'm not like a psych psychologist like a, a doctor or anything like that of course and, um, but that's so I it's think all just my personal experience it's... yeah yeah um, so let's start with the beginning of it um yeah why don't I'll just hop in? Um, obviously, there's a lot of like user questions that have been asked, but I'm going to save those for yeah. the end because I feel like you'll hit most of them, is my guess. And you've read some of the comments, so you know, and a lot of them are the same as terms of the questions. Yeah. Um, but why don't you just tell us your journey to realizing this, your struggles, anything that you think you would, you know, you would want parents to hear, or any thing that you think someone who things that they may have arvid should hear hmm. but really your story i was raised a vegetarian i guess at, at my mom's request my dad is is uh not a vegetarian my mom is a vegetarian and i think that's i'm still a vegetarian i mean uh maybe that's kind of obvious considering the arvid thing well no there, but, there goes one of the questions which is does he eat beef i don't yeah i saw that one i do not i don't eat meat <laughs> um man how to start so yeah uh was a normal kid i, I mean i kind of i was that normal i was always like an anxious shy mm -hmm. little guy eating was fine but i have early memories of like being told like you can't eat that um or i don't really like it when you eat that like if i had like bacon or something like that i don't know these are very early memories this is like as far back as i can go like three four years old and it was all very normal and when you're a kid you can get away with a lot right like kids can kind of be picky eaters just on their own and a lot of people a lot of kids do grow out of it um it's kind of standard for little kids where i think things kind of i don't know went awry with me is a lot of anxiety um i don't necessarily know where it comes from but but as i got older uh there were like more and more questions about like what i was eating there are more and more comments about what i was eating mm -hmm. or what i was not eating from um, your parents or from other people from other people um from my parents too those early memories of being told like i don't like when you eat bacon or stuff like that was yeah. was there a period where you were fine eating anything and then it was people started to say stuff or there was always a quote-unquote pickiness yeah. internally or how do you remember it yeah my memories start like post pickiness you know but i know when i was younger i ate more foods hmm. i guess i should also say i believe she's never been diagnosed or anything and uh, i guess i'm hesitant on <laughs> on putting her info out there but i think I inherited some of it from my mother and that that might have played a role I think they don't know too much about genetically? the genetics of it yeah I don't I don't really know there's there's I've read like speculation about it but this is all like really new um like being mm -hmm. studied of course yeah all of so who who really knows um not me but whether like socially or yeah like genetically uh I, I think it sort of got passed down can i ask are your parents together no 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 well i'm, uh, I'm trying to understand i'm trying to paint a picture of those early years of your childhood i mean i yeah. think a lot of people speculate from a psychological standpoint was there trauma was there something that led to yeah. this like a switch so 
we're talking your parents were divorced were you living with your mom as a kid is that well my parents didn't get divorced the way later that's why i was like 12 or 13. okay um okay so yeah i was living with both of them really when we're talking about like like any sort of trauma or like origin story around it it i would be a picky eater and then i'd kind of get like yelled at for it or scolded or or, or uh mm. get sort of embarrassed um in front of people about it like someone would say something i've had uh i have a vivid memory of of having food on my plate something i didn't recognize and my dad just straight up lying and being like oh no that's like french fries or or something and i looking at it and being like that's not french fries like that's chicken maybe or Literally some sort of meat. something i don't eat yeah like just trying to and and like i get it i mean you know he's my kid won't eat like it's just like a phase like it, once he tastes it he'll realize he'll, he'll like it like sort of thing um of but that wasn't the case it just made me like mad suspicious um about what was on my plate and then being a vegetarian uh in northern new jersey where everybody's italian um you know you go over to like a a french house with uh, italian moms are, are wonderful but they they it's they cook a lot yeah and they cannot like <laughs> if you're not eating their food it's like kid what have i done to you why why won't you eat the food yeah, yeah I, I i had a lot of like friends whose parents were from like eastern europe i had like a greek friend and it'd be like oh well uh, what do you mean you don't eat the lamb uh, it's just like i don't mm -hmm. eat meat like i don't know what to tell you and they'd be like that we have nothing for you <laughs> um mm. and those sort of situations uh of it's people just like not like res respecting it uh just made me more anxious just made me more nervous about it it sort of become a thing yeah, like if i could go over to a like. friend's house what am i gonna eat like we have to stop the uh you know playing video games or whatever because it's dinner time and i go down there like how am i gonna explain to these adults like that i don't want to eat that without insulting them or seeming ungrateful at this point is it a gag reflex that you've gained like when we're talking mm. this, I'm guessing like a eight to twelve years old range. If you're playing video games, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or twelve to twenty-four. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I I don't think it happens for every food I try or in every situation. Um, not just. I also am very reluctant to try a food, so sometimes I don't even get to mm. the the gag reflex mm -hmm. part. Um, I can't even like. Yeah. like get myself there to to try it um it's more i guess a smell texture color sort of thing um a lot of times food i mean this is gross i know this is i guess the sort of a, if you want to get into my head a little bit uh like i won't eat soup because mm -hmm. it's me i just look at it, i'm like it looks like someone threw up in a bowl uh yeah. or like a lot of things like i i sort of just sort of like a word or like image association with like whatever food's in front of me. I'm like, that reminds me of like vomit or like guts or like uh, yeah. just gross, like not edible stuff. Um, and and I get it even like from older, you know, people like my parents age and older, I get the, if you grew up and your, your, your dad was a kid in the depression or something like that, and then you have a mm -hmm. kid who won't eat, it's like, yeah kid like come on like my my dad had to like struggle to just get food like and you're not eating uh, i understand where like those like emotions and like comments come from but um they yeah they didn't they didn't help anything <laughs> regardless of like how you know valid those feelings are they didn't like work the number one question on there is is your list and what you can i know i immediately got nervous and lied to you it's way less than 25 uh it's more like 10. wow thank you for being yeah. honest about that because you know what is yeah. so crazy is the comments were a lot lower than your list so i was like wow yes. that's good you know amazing that he has that number and then people were had yeah. lower numbers in the comments that must have actually validated you though that the numbers were lower yeah i was like when i, I do mean, the interview i gotta come clean about that no yeah i mean i 
I, yeah, 25 to me as somebody with Arvid, like, I was like, that's a lot. Um, I literally just spit out a number because I don't actually have a physical list. Like, I was ballparking it. Yeah. It's probably more like 10, I don't know, I'd say 8 to 12. I don't know. But, yeah, I was like, whatever I think the actual number is plus 10, that'll be less embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, I was like 20, 25. Thank you for coming clean about that. What are you willing to share? Like what some of those things are? Cause that's what, I mean, people are very interested. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to go down like a whole list, like individual things, but that's fine. It is very plain. Not be healthy. Yeah. It's, but it, it does seem to be, and I, I saw this in the comments and like other reading and stuff. It, it's just kind of like the plainest stuff. You can get like a lot of like bread, like a lot of carbs. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, like carbs and cheese and like Mm -hmm. sweets. Um, Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be like, uh, you know, liver, like things that are gross. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be fascinating though. If there's someone with Arthur, they would just like, I just eat liver. Would you say like a lot of like kid food? Is that what it? One hundred percent. Some people yeah. in the comments are, yeah. Which makes it like you know more feeling of like embarrassment. Like you go to a restaurant and, still no and it's just like everything I eat is on the kid yeah. menu. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, no, no chicken nuggets. Got or it. Anything. So think of it like the kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so think of it like a kid's menu. Uh, yeah. but without meat that makes sense that makes a lot of sense <laughs> and is it that that list or that group of foods has that stayed constant through i don't know since you since you were a kid or has it evolved it it has evolved it actually kind of expands and contracts um depending on i'm not totally sure but depending on like where i am in my life, how I'm feeling. Um, not that it suddenly jumps up to like, oh, I'll eat anything. And then suddenly I'm restricting again. Uh, but uh, when I was a kid, my mom got me to eat plums, you know, and I ate a lot of plums. Mm. But now I probably haven't had plum in like 10 years. Um, mm. And it's sort of like a, the, the less, like now I would have a little bit of anxiousness around biting into a plum, even though I have positive yeah, memories of like so liking long. it. Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of one to three things might get like added on the edges and one to three things might get dropped. It kind of depends. I, I mean, there's also, so I guess I should say, I don't just have ARFID. I I mean, for, forever, you know, it was one of the things you know as a kid, again, even if you don't have the vocabulary, but I had major depressive disorder, general anxiety uh, disorder, um, uh, ADHD, that's a new one. Uh, that I found out. They did all these like tests on me and stuff. Uh, it was really fascinating. Explained a lot of stuff. Uh, and OCD. Um, and OCD and ADHD especially, it seems like, from like, what I've read and talked about with, with the therapists and stuff, um, go along like hand-in-hand with ARFID. Um, or they're, you know, yeah. there's like some sort of intermingling there. I don't know, they're all kind of coming from the same place, or they're all, Uh they kind of, like, feed off of each other. Um, So, you know, OCD, like, oh, that thing is weird in my food, like, I need to pick it out. Like, I don't know, I don't know, you can see how they're kind of related. Um, Oh, I can totally see how they're related. I mean, uh, I would say the second biggest comment was comments about autism, and I was wondering if, you know, you had thoughts about that when you saw that. Yeah, I do have thoughts about that. Um, because I, I also, before I worked at the job that you met me at, I was a teacher's assistant at a school for children with autism who were very low functioning. Um, they wow, they couldn't um, speak on their own. Many of them, they 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 carried around iPads and nonverbal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we call them their words. Um, you know, like make sure you take your words because they would like hit a button. Like I want. One kid always wanted Pirate's Booty. So you hit a button for Pirate's Booty. You like program it to say whatever. Um, almost all of them that I met had some sort of dietary restriction or or something that looking back now, like knowing what I know and stuff, yeah, they, they had like symptoms of like of, of ARFID. And, and autism is kind of a broad, I mean, yeah, it's a spectrum, right? So it, it's like a, a, a cluster of diagnoses. Um, so... It doesn't surprise me that people who have autism 
also we have ARFID um, and OCD. Mm-hmm. And, and but you yourself have never been diagnosed with autism? No, no, I haven't. You know, we, we've hit on these early to mid-childhood teen memories. Was there some sort of... We haven't gotten into, you know, you actually getting diagnosed with anything, you getting into therapy. Yeah. There, there's got to have been some sort of, you know, rock bottom or turning point that was like, okay, I, I need help. Yeah. What, oh, for sure. When did you realize that there was something there? Okay, so I, uh, I'll start. I thought it was just me. I, I talked about it in the video. I, I literally thought I was the only person <laughs> in the world who felt this way and um like everybody else is normal and i have just managed to be uniquely fucked up um can i curse on here of a hundred percent yeah it's always i'm like no this is a christian podcast (laughs) yeah yeah feel free to to bleep it um we're gonna yeah so i i thought it was just me and i just sort of like lived with it and um what I did know wasn't just me and was like, a, you know, my mind, like a real thing was I was depressed and anxious uh, since just just for so long. I, I found a, a quick side note. I found a, a time capsule that I did in the third grade, uh, like, I don't know, five or six years ago. And uh, there's a note in it. And I was writing about like, in so many words, like I'm depressed and anxious and like don't need anything. And nobody else I know seems to be this way. Like what is wrong with me? Um, and just like not knowing. So like once I went to college, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to therapy. Uh, I can get it for free at college. I don't have to tell my parents. Um, I can oh, just wow. go so and be on my own. college. Yeah. Yeah. Must've been a nightmare then. High school was a nightmare. I'm tall. I'm I'm six four, and you are tall. until I graduated college, I never weighed over like 160 pounds. Um, wow. I was always really really skinny, even though all I ate was <laughs> carbs and junk food. Um, <laughs> I was just really skinny, and yeah, uh, for guys, it's like, why aren't you strong? <laughs> like why aren't you like athletic like why are you so skinny like why won't you eat anything man up mm-hmm. like toughen up what is wrong with you kid like mm-hmm. go eat a burger and like uh you know especially like in high school like lift some weights or something what's going on with you uh that was kind of just like the sense i got from everybody it's from like older men and stuff just couldn't wrap their head around it sorry where's it going okay so yeah i, I got to college started doing therapy it's awesome it's in and out of therapy forever and ever and then I got my most recent therapist, Monica. I don't know. Uh, I know she has TikTok, so maybe Monica? she saw this. Yeah, Monica is... Um, <laughs> I wonder if she did. You got to ask her on your next session. She might. No. Okay. So I don't see my therapist anymore because I was on... I was in grad school and I was on this super cool student health insurance that like covered everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just finishing up grad school. So I'm got booted off that insurance so i lost all my people no, uh which Monica, is if you're seeing this pro bono no uh no she put up with a lot <laughs> of late payments and non-payments before uh that insurance so she's she's good but yeah uh so, so i saw her and we started talking about these things more i was older it's you know out of college got like a office job now and living with my girlfriend and was just like still depressed and having all these problems and never confronting the orphan stuff uh and i finally was like all right i'm gonna go to therapy i'm gonna stop lying to my therapist when i'm uncomfortable so you were lying to your therapist in college yeah, I never brought up ARFID or any of that. Or, you know, if I was just, like, too tired that day, I'd be like, oh, I'm feeling fine, like, whatever. You know, I was like, no, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to get serious, and I'm going to, like, take care of my shit. And through her and student health insurance, I was able to get recommended for, you know, it's called the Reed Center in Manhattan. And they do CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, and uh, ERP? exposure yeah wait ERT I don't know it's exposure therapy though so I uh they put me in touch with this guy Luke at the Reed Center uh again shout out Luke he 
And yeah, just awesome, awesome dude. And we uh, would sit there like at the beginning of the pandemic, so it was pretty recent. And we'd sit there on Zoom like this, and we like make a list of foods I can eat, like sort of like a pyramid, like definitely can eat, mm-hmm. kind of not sure about, and definitely not. Like I'd rank them in order of mm-hmm. distress I was feeling, um, like around the food. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would, like, go down the list and, like, try these foods. So in the back of your head, there's, like, what they call the lizard brain. It's, like, the oldest part of your brain. And basically it says, be afraid or don't be afraid. And it's... it's... Is that the amygdala? I have no idea. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, it's the brain stem. It's, like, the first thing that was made. So, you know, it's very, uh, very old and very simple. And... Luke explained to me that it's there to keep you safe. It's there to keep you away from Yeah, danger. it's your fight or flight response. Exactly. Yeah. So with anxiety, uh, with OCD, with ARFID, it's, every experience you have is sort of like codes it. Jeez. The, the best way it was explained to me was when you're, when we were like cavemen in the cave, um, if a bear approached the entrance of the cave, you know, you need something in your brain to say danger, 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 like fight or flight. Um, now we have involved, uh, like evolved more of our brain. Like there's a whole bunch more there going on, like complex stuff, but the brainstem is still the same. Um, so when there's a food in front of me that I am uncomfortable with or whatever, my brainstem saying danger 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 it thinks there's a bear at the entrance of the cave even though there's no bear at the entrance of the cave uh there's not even a cave so the only way to make it unlearn that is to you know metaphorically walk up to the bear uh and force my brain to realize that there is no bear and therefore no danger so that's what exposure therapy is like if you are afraid of dogs and you want to go do exposure therapy, you're going to sit in a room with a dog every day at therapy for like an hour or whatever and slowly mm-hmm. learn to, 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 you know, it might take a month, but eventually you're going to learn to, to pet the dog um, and you're going to teach your brain because you, you pet the dog and nothing bad happens. Yeah. So over Zoom you would get these foods and eat them in front of him? Yeah. And he was really encouraging. Um, I'm pretty stubborn. You tell me I have to do something. There's going to be this resistance inside of me. Uh, And he did a really good Mm -hmm. job of, you know, this is the exact opposite of what might have happened with an adult when I was a kid, where it's like, you're going to sit here and eat this in front of me or something. It was like, I could go as slow as I want. I cannot do it. I mean, we could... you know, we made jokes, we laughed about it, we talked about it, he would always say, like, get curious about it. Um, like, what do you smell? Like, what does it look like to you? And another good thing was, you know, right before I'm about to take a bite, it's just like this big head is hesitance, and he'd be like, you have to act. You have to just pretend like you love this food. Like, just pretend you're someone else who loves this food and just, like, pull the trigger and go for it. Um, and I was able to do it for some things and some things i wasn't and you know I'd like start gagging or whatever um yeah, yeah. i eventually had to stop because uh, i ended up getting diagnosed with like adhd and like these other things that honestly kind of threw this um the, this this arfid treatment they ended up giving me a test for adhd and stuff and then we started sort of shifting over to that um there's basically just too much too much for me to work on. I'd love to go back and do, like, I'm going to do exposure therapy again sometime. But yeah, there's OCD and ADHD things that I, I started uh, practicing using uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, we really focused in on that, um, which was also very helpful. Highly recommend. You don't have to answer this question because I know you didn't want to go into the list, which is totally fine. But when when you did have a triumph with Luke with an exposure to food, yeah. did 
did that feel like a breakthrough for you? Like, did that... When you tried something new and you didn't gag or something happened, I mean, what what did that do for you? Yeah, it did. It did feel like a breakthrough. It felt good. It felt like I accomplished something. Like, I was making progress. Um, but nothing's ever... I don't know, I find at least nothing's ever just one thing. So I could feel sort of proud about it. Um, but also there'd be a voice in my head that would say, you know, like, oh, you like, you ate a piece of celery, dude. Like, it's not that big a deal. Like people do that every day. Uh, yeah. So, so I would sort of have these automatic thoughts that and just try to, to level out <laughs> the feeling of accomplishment. So yeah it was complicated yeah bring up like complicated feelings uh but in the end you know if i in the end it proved to me i could do it like regardless of anything else like mm -hmm. the fact of the matter was i did eat something that i previously thought i could not eat so yeah it was, it was a big and deal and with with anxiety you know it's the fear of something and mm -hmm. i feel like in all a lot of people ask well what's the worst case scenario you know what's the worst thing that could happen oh well you gag then yeah. what, you know, was there, is there, was there something for you that was always, this is why I'm, I'm so afraid? No, it was a little more like abstract, I guess. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, some people definitely, there is like a thing, like I, I can't eat that because I fully believe that I am going to choke on that. Uh, and that's not necessarily how, I don't have like that thought in my head uh, when I'm confronting something yeah. You know, that I had to eat her. Um, it's sort of a paralysis. Um, it's like, uh, this is a little extreme, I guess. But it's like if, if someone would be like, put a rock on a plate and told you to eat it, you'd be like, uh, how? Like, <laughs> like this isn't food. Um, and that's kind of how, how, how my how my brain, my body uh, understood these. these... Sees it. Yeah, exactly. It's just how, yeah, it was like refracted through my brain as something uh, inedible. And then the anxiety, well, the anxiety about having to eat it. That's actually probably, a, that's a really good analogy because now I yeah. understand it better. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and then like on top yeah. of that, there's all the social stuff. I, oh, I was concerned that parent, like if parents are listening to this and they heard your work with Luke... And they thought, whoa, well, I'll just do that with my kid. You know, I'll just in basically run my own exposure therapy. My question to you is, what do you think would be helpful for parents to do if, if they believe that their kids are experiencing this? I mean, I mean don't try to be <laughs> uh, a CBT therapist, mm -hmm. if, if you're not a CBT therapist. Uh, but... Honestly, what would have been good for me is just there, there it is like kids can be very picky eaters mm -hmm. and just like not have our food. Uh, they're just picky eaters as kids and they try more foods and they're fine. Um, so I think it's not like it'll be that way forever, but also, uh, Try to be okay with it if it does end up being that way forever. Um, don't put pressure or uh, bad or I mean, I'm not even acting this way, just like being this way. Just, just yeah, like one thing, uh, if you don't eat this, then you're you're never gonna have uh, whatever, like McDonald's french fries again. Something like that. Something that I really liked. Yeah. Um, so, you, so you better eat. I'd be weaponized. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, it's, it's just became stress. So now, like, eating is just stressful um, because I'm going to disappoint the adults in my life who are, like, the kind of the only thing in my life, right? Like, when you're a kid, they're, they might as well be, like, infallible to you. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're adults. They've all figured it out. I must be doing something really, um, but people, it's like as a picky eater, I've, I've seen people try the strategy of have 
a bunch of different foods like on the table and just let them pick and choose at their own pace like what they're gonna eat um instead of saying you have to finish finish all of this on your plate or you need to also have uh you know x y and z you can't just have what you're having um and kind of just kind of i don't know setting the stage for them to um i think yeah i guess the thing is just don't add any more stress because kids can tell like if you're really stressed about it wrong and at least for me you know feeling that way it was like okay so i i'm gonna avoid this feeling at all costs like i'm gonna try and put myself in situations where i don't have to eat i'm gonna try and hide my food uh do whatever i have to do to balance not wanting to eat and making the adult or the authority figure what I would practice doing yeah. <laughs> around dinner time. Um, just, it can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're seeing all these like complexes sort of like builds, like all from feeling pressure at the dinner table or feeling shame at the dinner table. Even if it's not what you, you know, my dad was never like, I want you to feel shame mm-hmm. about this. It's not really intent. Uh, but... It was never yeah exactly and your what's your secret you know you said one of my fears growing up was always i'm gonna have a girlfriend and i'm gonna go to have to go to her house (laughs) for dinner and be offered food now you have a girlfriend yeah how uh how has it been Mm -hmm. being in a relationship what did what did it look like to find Um, people that were i don't want to use the wrong word because i know your parents did the absolute you know best obviously that they could but to find people that in some ways met it with uh, with a love as I assume your girlfriend has, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, definitely. I have a couple things to say about this. One, like, I mean, if you have ARFID and you're listening to this and you're worried about the same thing, no one I've ever dated has given a shit. It ended up being fine, you know? I mean, there were situations where I was really stressed out. I, I, I mean, the worst scenario did happen to me. I was at a girlfriend's house once eating it with her parents, and I, I, tried i tried to eat the food and i put it in my mouth and i gagged mm-hmm. um just in front of all just just mortifying like <laughs> gotta be anxious thing mm-hmm. about it now um but did you just like play it off um i just like grit my teeth and forced myself to swallow okay. I, I was like my eyes were, like watering it was, it was horrifically it was so awkward it was like they didn't but you know what they never gave me any shit about it mm-hmm. my girlfriend now is unbelievably supportive about it it's it's really crazy like i wish i knew she existed when i was a little kid uh so i knew you know i wouldn't have to worry about it um she knew uh you know i like told her about it um and it was like fine like whatever but i think it really hit home that she really understood when i went on her family vacation to um to france with her her parents and we went to this super fancy restaurant it was like a very fancy paris restaurant and the food was just wild to me like i i couldn't even i didn't know what it was not only was it like even if it was in english i wouldn't yeah, know what yeah, yeah. it was um and here i am on their family vacation and they're taking me to you know with them to a nice dinner um and put you know some plate in front of me i tried to you know <laughs> consulted with my girlfriend and we tried to figure out what i might like uh and they put it in front of me and i looked at it and i immediately i was just like silently having like a straight up panic attack um and her parents i don't know i don't think they noticed they were, they were talking to each other or something but eventually my girlfriend looked over and saw what was happening like i was about to like burst out in tears um because i felt like like they're gonna be like who who is this fucking guy on our vacation <laughs> refusing to eat like a michelin star food yeah like uh i, I just felt like such a disappointment like so much shame and stuff and she 
she held my hand and under the table and told me it was okay and like um <laughs> was just really supportive that's amazing how she'll like she's a foodie she loves food it just she'll she'll try any food um mm -hmm. so like the exact opposite of me and uh well like if we go out to dinner with friends or something and there's nothing on the menu that i'll eat uh, well she'll always be like oh we're all sharing so I don't have to go to the waiter like, oh, I'm not getting anything or, you know, whatever I want, like, just a side order of fries or something like that. Because um, I get embarrassed and, like, anxious about it. Um, or if I put, put like, food on my plate or something and sort of, like, like, move it around so it looks like I ate. Like, if I'm feeling anxious, I'm like, oh, like, you know, everybody's eating. I go, the waiter's going to come over and be like, hey, like, what, you didn't like the food or something? Like, she'll, she finds ways to, like, cover for me and, like, we have, like, a little, like, strategies and she's just, like, super accepting um, and supportive. And I literally couldn't even imagine someone like that when I was a kid. We would, when I was doing like, exposure therapy, we'd go, like, to the grocery store together to, like, find the food, you know? It was... Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you can't ask really for good. a better yeah. setup. Do your parents know... Yeah kind of the work that you've done around all this uh, my mom does my dad doesn't so my dad's very like i don't think he'd care you know mm. like i feel like like i turned like 18 and my dad was like all right you're an adult now you can do whatever you want like it was never an issue like you know just in general so i don't think he'd be dick to me about it mm -hmm. but i've just never um he's a very tough guy yeah he's a very manly man do you have siblings and there's something about yeah two sisters okay um fascinating little thing this is why you know i think it's probably like a social for me at least in my experience a social uh inheritance um i suppose like genetic or something my middle sister is four years younger than me my youngest sister is eight years younger than me me and my middle sister both like clearly have orphan mm. like it's like the same level of it, um, like pretty much like the same experience, almost the same foods. Uh, my youngest sister, who so I was eight when she was born, my parents started the divorce from like 12, so she was around like four years old. Like, she's like a post divorce kid, <laughs> like coming of age kid. She, she eats whatever, mm -hmm. it's not an issue for her. Um, so I always thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, Questions from our listeners. Do you take vitamins and or supplements to get the nutrients you are missing? I'm asking because I'm in the exact same boat. and want to hear how others handle it. No. I have. There were like periods where I've taken vitamins or uh, I would drink Ensure. Mm -hmm. um, it was just like a new nutri mm -hmm. nutritious drink. I think it's for like elderly people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I would drink it because it had like vitamins and nutrients in it. Uh, but it's expensive. Yeah. And I'm terrible at like keeping a routine. Uh, so if I ran out of vitamins, it was just like <laughs> I never bought new ones. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I probably should. I did, you know, I did see a dietitian in recent years. Um, Again, through that insurance, I really tried to take advantage of that time. Uh, so I saw a dietitian. They did like blood tests and stuff, and I was shocking to me. It's pretty much all good. Uh, I didn't have deficiencies. Um, I don't know if it's just like since I've always had this diet. I don't know if my body just like adjusted to it. I I don't really know how this stuff works. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of answered this to the things you can eat change, meaning it was good last week, but today it makes me gag, vice versa. I don't think it changed that quickly. There's nothing in like my safe food list that's really going to suddenly become unsafe. Oh, that was another, that was um, the next question. Do you have safe foods that are common thread? Uh, and I guess you've kind of said that in terms of like carbs, yeah. breads, your basic yeah, kids foods. Yeah, those like always stay the same. And then there's things that I'm kind of like on the fence about that'll like float maybe in and out of my safe list depending on honestly I don't even know sometimes it's just like recently I've been really stressed out working on my thesis for grad school mm -hmm. my girlfriend has noticed like it seems like you're eating less foods mm. than normal and I think I am because there's 
it takes us like a lot of brain power mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know and like effort to eat almost so when i'm all like stressed out about something else and like focused on on other things it's uh, easy for me to, to to just like drop a food like yeah well i i don't even really love that anyway and it takes what so long to prepare or whatever and i should really be focusing on writing or something and I, yeah, I think in periods of stress, things sort of uh, get restricted more. Uh, is there a treatment? I, I know we've touched on exposure therapy, and that makes sense to me. Is there any medications that people have mm. said, you know, this will really help? Or I don't know. I don't think so. Not that I know of the exposure stuff. And yeah, all I can say is like CBT, exposure therapy helped. And being in situations where people are supportive uh, and understanding even if they don't understand hmm. <laughs> you know yeah um, just being supportive like letting things be is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to say uh yeah my moment <laughs> when i realized this was a thing um wasn't until sophomore year of college there's this punk band that i really like called titus andronicus and they came out with a song called my eating disorder hmm. um and i liked the i liked that but you know normally so i was listening to that and that song came on and i was like listening to the lyrics and it was like me you know like he was describing exactly they do this cool thing at the end uh where it kind of like shifts in sound and he's quietly saying spit it out mm. and then it builds just like 20 times and it gets more and more like louder and louder and he's yelling spit it out and like hearing that and i was like that's my brain mm. Like, that's what's happening when I'm chewing food. It's getting louder and louder and more intense. Like, you have to spit this out. And I read interviews with him, and he started talking about selective this eating disorder. And, yeah, I mean, I, like, cried. I was like, I can't believe some, like, it's just, it's crazy. It was like being pulled out of the Matrix or something. Yeah, like, especially a guy you were looking up to. It's not just me, yeah. I ended up emailing him. Did he write back? And talking about it with him. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he did. And he, he was he was awesome. Uh, he told me, you know, good luck with exposure therapy. And um, I emailed him to thank him because really I wouldn't, I, I don't know, I'd still be like in the dark about it. So I just wanted to to mention that. You know, it's funny. You have a lot of, you tell your girlfriend to watch yeah. out. You got a lot of people who want to date you in these comments <laughs> yeah yeah she was like i uh i want to come on back and be like he has a girlfriend <laughs> and she loves him and he's doing fine <laughs> so i think you covered pretty much everything if anyone's listening and has a specific question i'm happy to reach out to jason and try to get you an answer if yeah. you know you're willing to answer we end every podcast and and i will veto this today if you don't want to do it, but I want to give you the opportunity since it's literally what we do for every podcast. We have a restaurant map all over the country and every guest okay. gives uh, their favorite restaurant. And, you know, I love doing it because okay. it's like somebody in Nebraska. It's like a food truck on the side of the road. It's basically for like if you're traveling around the country yeah. then now we have this master list of like places for people to stop. Um, but That's I assume awesome. you do have a favorite restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Are you willing to share um, it? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be pizza places. Oh, basically. nice. Yeah. Give us your... We um, haven't gotten a favorite New York pizza place. Yeah. What's your favorite pizza place? <laughs> I grew up like on the border of New Jersey and New York. And there's this place in Japan, New York. I think it's called Tony's Pizza. Okay. Nice. It's just so generic. No, that's perfect. I think that's what it's called. Okay. And what's your order uh, there? But it's across the street. Okay, if you're in Japan, New York, yeah. it's across the street from the cemetery, um, right by the railroad tracks. That's perfect. This is and exactly how people describe it. I just get it. plain slices. Nice. All right, amazing. Yeah. Tony's. Um, yeah. Shout out Tony. Tony's. Shout out Monica. Shout it's out Tony's. It's next to the bar Morgan. <laughs> okay, if you've so, hit a bar and a graveyard a and you see pizza, you're in the right yeah. place. That's it. That's the spot, yeah. <laughs> if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone.